Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. And I'm like, how is somebody's dad watching the news funny? And then he'll just be like, hey, you know, old white dads that watch the news, they just want one fact. That's all they remember is one fact from four hours of watching the news. And just yelling at the TV and getting drunker as they're watching the news. And I'm like, it's funny because it's true. There's a great mix between being funny and writing funny bits and funny jokes. Like Shane Gillis, he does have funny bits, but he's so naturally funny that just telling a story or having a conversation on a podcast is so fucking funny. He's hilarious. And he's just a normal dude. He makes you think you can do it. Yeah, exactly. But you can't. I can't because I can't write. Nobody can. Stand-up comedy, I think, is the absolute hardest thing to do in entertainment. That's a horrifying thought. I think the only reason is because people, one, don't know how to fail. They don't fail easily. So, like, if you're bombing, then you start just completely butchering everything else you had. But if you're confident enough where, like, Dice Clay, he bombed and then made an album out of it that went triple platinum. So I love Norm so much. He would bomb intentionally because he thought it was funny. Even though nobody else laughed. Like, that was one of his favorite things to do. And it's it's so funny to watch. If you're that confident, because most comedians go through, like, ten years of bombing and working small clubs before they finally, if ever, get big. Yeah. Could you imagine failing for 10 years straight? Yeah, but you don't fail. You don't always fail. Well, no. You're not probably, night by night, you're but not, on, the, on the grand scheme. You're not super consistent, but I'd say probably at some, probably after a couple years, depending on where you're doing it at, you're probably 75% of your shows are not bombing anymore. Do you think it's like golf? Where you might suck, but that one on shot. seventeen holes, but that one drive you get off, you're like, oh damn, I am, I'm pretty good, aren't I? Yeah, I genuinely think if I was able to actually write and I experienced funny stuff in real life, I could probably do it. You have a very monotonous, like Stephen Wright type delivery. Yeah, where yeah, if you have a good a good fifteen minute set, you know, a good actual, and I and routine, I think I could. I'm not. Uncomfortable. I don't think I would be uncomfortable on a stage. Oh, you know, no, I used to think no. that, but after being on mic, even though there's nobody here, I think it's pretty natural. Like I well, could, and it helps your public speaking naturally too. Oh, of course, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just say hi to random strangers while I'm in Walmart now. And even before this, like I've given best man speeches in front of people, like no problem. But now being on mic, especially, like yeah, I'm, I'm totally comfortable. I'd be horrified to do comedy still, just because of the. The implications, but yeah, if if I had a good bit and I knew I wrote a good bit, I could totally do an open mic. So go ahead and tweet Shane Gillis, get him to write you a fifteen minute set. You go out there and deliver it. <sighs> might be something I look. Although at. we might we might know a stand up comic. There's been times where I'm like driving home and I think of something like, especially now because I've been like I could totally do it. I've just been in that mindset, and I'll just think of something and I'm like, could that be a bit? Like, could it, could I work, could I work that? Have you actually like gone through it in your car to yourself? Oh, absolutely. Give me an example. Oh, man. Is that putting you on the spot too much? Uh, it might be a little too much. On next the spot. week. Next week. We all prepare a bit. I like that. <laughs> not, a, not a story <laughs> that actually happened. Go out and write a bit. 
or take a story that happened yeah, and make, and it, make it into a bit. That's a good little homework assignment. Very difficult, too. I'm kind of worried, It only has to be like a minute. Yeah, quick. A nice little intro topic. Because we're on, right, Shane? Oh, yeah, we're on. Okay. We're on. So, yeah, next week. Next, what, Wednesday? Yeah. Next Whizbang Wednesday. We'll come in with a little comedy routine. I'd say that's doable. And you guys vote on who was the funniest. I like that. What you guys could improve. We'll take all feedback as usual. But with that, it is time for episode 39 of SNS. So go ahead and pull up that chair. Pour up that drink. And light that cigar. Cam, take us away, sir. Welcome back. Episode 39. Almost at a milestone here. Episode 40 of the actual show. Is 40 a milestone? I think every 10 is a milestone. I feel like once you get 20, 25, then you got to go to 50. And then 100. We're almost, we're almost to that milestone. Well, yeah, 50 coming up, but I don't think 40 is a milestone. I think you go every 10 up to 50. Actually, I think 52 is our main milestone. That'll what? be one year. Oh, yeah. One year on the dot. Two milestones. Hell, yeah. That close. But 39, not a milestone. No. But what is our last interview episode, which is quickly becoming maybe our most viewed show yet. So thanks to you guys for listening. If you haven't seen it yet, please go out and check it out. On Spotify, Apple, Google, all the usual stuff. Um, got a lot, a lot of great feedback on that so far. I've listened back to it myself like three times because I love hearing those stories. Yeah, it's definitely amazing. Um, and we don't really talk a lot, so that's kind of like maybe we talk for five minutes. Yeah, I listen back to our <sighs> usual shows to do timestamps. After that, though, I don't, I don't check back because I, I was here and I said all that shit. I don't need to hear it again. But hearing those guys. Or even going back to like Patricia, Greg, Steve, and Jamie, I'll play those probably once a month. Yeah, I just mean, to hear just them. Good, it's just good stories. So go check out our backlog if you guys haven't yet. If you're new listeners, we got what five interviews now. Yeah, Steve and Jamie, Greg, Patricia, and now Sean yeah. and Morgan. Yep, five out of forty episodes. Well, I guess forty-five total, give or take. So go back and check those out. Yeah, I mean that's. The fun off the wall stuff that we can do other than this mainstream, like the main weekly show. And they'll never get old. Like they'll never be outdated. And then coming up, I know you've scheduled one for us this month, or I guess by the time this comes out this month. Yes. Uh, that would be Troy Bowling with the Gym City Bourbon Society. Uh, another similar to the OCM, just their cause is a little more broad. Uh, they do all the local charities in the Gym City, Dayton, Ohio. And in the area. So, similar cause, but it focuses around bourbon than, rather than cigars. And give us our usual self-promo here to knock that out of the way. All right, guys. We do these fan questions every week. Some ask how we get these fan questions. Well, 95% of the time, it's word of mouth. Uh, we would like to change that where you guys are commenting on these episode promo pages and on sending emails, sending emails. Our emails are open and I check them every day just in case, but we are at sports and stogies on everything, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and our email is sports and stogies at gmail.com. We got to get some interesting fan cues and you guys are the ones who have them. Yeah, you guys usually come through, but let's get it through some official sources here, through our email, 
through our Facebook. Yeah, let's get it through real traffic. Instead of just texting me or Snapchatting me or Cam or Shane or whoever, exactly. let's get it through show official stuff. Uh, and then last promo, June 17th at Tip Top Smoke Emporium, the next OCM event. Uh, Saturday from, I think, 12 to 5, you're going to have Crownhead Cigars, Agonor's Leaf Cigars. OCM will be there. We'll be there. I know there's going to be a 50-50 raffle, some cigar raffles, a bunch of great stuff in the works. And then, of course, great deals on those two brands and everything Tip Top has in general. Um, before that, in the meantime, check out their website. Ship to wherever, whenever, and they have pretty much every stick and every brand you can think of. So you can't go wrong there. Massive selection. Speaking of sticks, what are you smoking on? Today, I got to thank my boy Steve and Jamie from Cigaro. Your boys. Our boys, I should say, who at the Newark event brought us down some Periodicos and this Triple X, which is a work of art, honestly. Beautiful. You guys cigar. will check the picture out. Um, obviously, handmade by their guy down in Florida. It's so intricately wrapped where it's, you know, Triple X is of the dark leaf and the lighter Connecticut looking leaf. So, very complex flavors. I get a lot of like chocolate and peanut butter. Like a Reese's Cup kind of thing going on. Ooh, it looks like a Reese's Cup. It definitely does. Maybe that's kind of uh, what they're going for there. Uh, but it looks great. Smokes great. Excellent burn so far. Great draw. Strong flavors. And it's a one-of-a-kind kind of stick. You can only get these at Cigaro up north in Hubbard, Ohio. Cam, what do you have today? I have the J.C. Newman Diamond Crown. Um, phenomenal. Uh I can tell you right now, draw 10 out of 10. As and most J.C. Newmans <clears throat> are. I'm getting a great smoke production, uh, but the draw is, oh. Some people might say it's even too loose. But is it that is, a thing? I don't think so. Not for me, at least. Not for me either. Uh, I'm getting a lot of like bread and natural notes, cedar and some hay, like Timothy hay, like the grassy hay. Do you know the um, the blend on this at all? Um... Because, of course, with Cigaro Stick, I don't know their blend. It's not, like, public info. Uh, this is said it's made and blended in uh, the Dominican Republic. So, Dominican Puro, wrapper, yeah. binder, filler, all throughout? Yeah. Good it, deal. Well, it's a Connecticut wrap. Gotcha, gotcha. Broadleaf. I want to say it's my top five, J.C. Newman, but they have so many great sticks, it's hard to even narrow down. You kind of have to, like, separate them. For sure. Like, you do, like, five different diamond crowns. Between so, the black diamond... The Caesar, the, the Maximus, this one you got right here. Yeah. The American. Then you got the Brick House, the Yagua, the El Baton. They have such a deep, deep lineup. And they're That's all great. Insane. How about Captain Shane over here? I'm smoking on La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor. I believe by Ashton Cigar Co. It's pretty solid so far. Um, a lot of like earthier notes. I'm kind of losing my voice here tonight. You guys going to say you've been smoking a lot recently? No, no. I've just been kind of under the weather. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it sounds uh, it sounds nice, though. A little radio-based. Does it really? Yeah, like you should be pimping out 104.7 TUE, Dayton's <laughs> Rock. Um. Oh, but yeah. A lot of earthier notes. A little, little more heat on the back end, which I really like a lot. A little uh, spice in the back of the throat? A little bit, yeah. Like a pepper spice, like that kind of Tabasco thing me and Cam had a couple weeks ago? I wouldn't even say Tabasco. It's like a black pepper, Okay. I think, at least right now. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to heat up a little bit. Just what I'm experiencing right now, it kind of went from earthy to pepper. 
and I'm curious to see what it does past that. I've not had that exact stick, but I have had a couple of Aroma de Cubas, which have been fantastic. I'm, so I'm, good choice there. Yeah, I'm a big fan, man. Nice, nice draw, nice even burn. Um, good smoke production. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And then me and Cam are pairing that with not just a citrus speedy freeze, because it's a little toasty in here. Absolutely. My AC's out at the moment, so it's a, probably a balmy 82, 83 up here in studio. But also, another scratch and sip bottle, the Rabbit Hole Derringer. I've, this is my first bottle of this. I've had it, I've already scratched it off too, Shane. Um, I had it at the bar. Uh, the Brick actually did like a promo thing where if you drink eight of these bourbons, you'll get your name on a, on a barrel head. Hung up Whoa. on the wall. Of course, I was the first to knock it out. Well, absolutely. They had four different rabbit holes, all excellent. But this one is finished in PX Sherry casks. Um, it's a very high-weighted mash bill. Um, 65% corn, 25% wheat, and the rest malted barley. So no rye whatsoever. Should be very sweet. Uh, probably some dark fruits. Uh, maybe some like chocolate in there. Uh, it's 93 proof and non-chill filtered. Based on that sip I just had, yeah, that dark fruit, chocolatey, really is prominent. It's really good. And, yeah, it is very sweet, <clears throat> especially at 93 proof. Yeah, nice and light. I typically don't drink many below 100, but this, wow, <laughs> that's solid. Good finish, too. Definitely get that sherry influence. Which some people think is kind of gimmicky to have a, a regular bourbon finish in anything, especially a sherry cask. You get a lot more of that with scotches. That's a great combo. And speaking of great combos, last night I had maybe my favorite smoking experience of all time. I had the limited edition Placencia Year of the Rabbit, which is about a $50 stick, and I've had it for about four or five months. And I was wondering, what's the right occasion to light this one up. And uh, I finally found it. Last night. Three years ago. Uh, we lost one of our good buddies. Marcus Story. Uh, would have been a great fan of the show. Big Alabama guy. Big Raider guy. He would have listened every week. Would have had a lot of great fan questions. So this episode dedicated especially to him. And, uh, and last night's smoke and drink was. Was a banger. For that, for that great occasion. With that, let's go to fan cues, boys. We got three lined up. First and foremost, Captain Cam. With the Celtics heat going seven and the Nuggets sweeping, any concerns about too much rest, too much time off for Denver? No, I don't think that's a thing. No. In general or for the Nuggets? You Captain Cam? I, I'm, I'm sorry. He's executive producing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize he said Captain Shane. I'm sorry. Go on and speak. He pulled an executive decision. <laughs> Uh, but no, I don't think so. I don't think there's such thing as too much rest. Simple as that. Yeah, if anything, they're just going to want to rest again, so I mean, might as well knock them out. Yeah, more, four, more right? benefit, right? Yeah. Sell, I mean, he just battled for seven straight games. Especially with guys like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., who probably could have really used it because they're coming off of serious injuries from you know last season and the season before. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any downside. I think they're going to come out, lights out, and close up shop. And we'll talk about that more later in the show. Um, let's do a quick baseball one first, which, Cam, I think you have for me, actually. Who is the best MLB player not in MVP talks? Uh, thanks to Papa Hayes for that one. 
So I went based on guys that are not in the top six or seven of MVP odds or getting no media love whatsoever. Um, two NL, two AL. Starting off with the Cardinals, who have sucked overall, but Nolan Gorman's been raking. Hitting 281, a 373 on base percentage. Slugging 575, got 13 bombs, 37 ribbies, and a 156 OPS plus. As, I think, a rookie. Whoa. Or a second-year guy, maybe. Either way, young, very talented, great bat. To the Braves, catcher Sean Murphy. Hitting 290, a 402 on base percentage. 568 slugging, 11 bombs, 37 ribbies, a 158 OPS plus. Getting that kind of production out of the catcher spot especially, super valuable. Yeah. And getting no love because his teammate, Acuna Jr., is the favorite right now for NL MVP. Uh, rightfully so. To the AL, my boy Adley Rutschman in Baltimore. Again, behind the plate. Hitting 273, a 397 on base percentage, slugging 433, eight bombs, 36 ribbies, which again is great for a catcher. I think he's second in AL catching power hittings right now, or power rankings, and a 133 OPS plus. And last but not least, the team everybody loves, Tampa Bay Rays, but nobody's talking about Yandy Diaz, who's hitting 327, a league-leading 429 on base percentage, slugging 612, 12 bombs, 30 RBIs, and a 193 OPS plus, which again leads all of baseball. But getting no love for MVP. So a nice little, uh, not quite an underdog, but good odds if you guys want to go put a bet in for Yandy Diaz, AL MVP. Alrighty. Four guys right there. And Look last but not stats least. to back it up. Now we're getting personal. We're going very personal. And Shane's not heard this yet. No, he hasn't. I've prepared. What first made you fall in love with your favorite sport? And we'll let Cam go first as you prep for this. So... I excluded basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport, but mainly because I played it and still actively play it. Um, that just kind of gives you a special bond with the game. But my favorite sport to watch is 100% football. And I think what really did it in was probably my first NFL game. I think it was like, uh, I don't know, 2010, 2012, something like that. My grandpa took me out to the Cleveland so you're what, like, is, like, like middle school, like 12, 13? Like 10. Yeah, I was like 10 or 11. So, and this is what converted me to a Browns fan. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. And they were playing the Steelers. And it wasn't necessarily the game itself, because I can't remember if we won or lost, but it was the walking back to the car experience. Really? Yeah. What happened there? I mean, people were just fighting, screaming at each other, uh, You've been there in my seats. They're all they're up. But uh when you're walking down those ramps and people are just chanting and it's just echoing all the way up and then you're just a crowd that floods back out into the parking lot. It's such a wild it was such a wild experience and so raw for a ten year old. Especially for having Pittsburgh in town. Exactly. We saw the Chargers, which not a very big local fan base here. But imagine the the sheer chaos between Cleveland yeah, was, and Pittsburgh. It was a wild experience, and it just Cleveland that the, they just grabbed my heart. That totally hooked you. That'll make a big impression on a young Cam Winklewitz. Very young. How yeah. about Shane? Man, honestly, I'll say those um, like the Cavaliers Warriors series because I mean that was 
like 20, starting in like 2014, roughly 15. The first time they played in yeah. postseason. Yeah, I think so. Just the environment around here, man, it was crazy. I mean, that's all anyone was talking about. It was the first time Ohio had really been like in the big spotlight of things. Well, except like early Bengals days when they were in the Super Bowl. What, well, I mean, Chano, that's call that. None of us recall that. Yeah. That was like my first memory of being like, oh shit, dude, like this is fun to watch. And I was going to say you went really recent. I mean, I realized 2014 is nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Or honestly, you can probably even push it up a little before that. Like the Spurs heat. I remember watching that. Um, those were some, just some crazy games and like sitting around with everyone watching it. Everyone just focused on nothing but that screaming, yelling. And seeing all those teams you named, and then you picked the 76ers. Absolutely. <laughs> Who did they even have in the early 2010s? Not a damn soul. You're going back to, like, Iguodala? Like, yeah. No. no. I don't even think then. No, he was, he was earlier than that, man. I think the best player the Sixers would have had back like, then. Like, uh, most Bates? <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't even know. We'll have to pull up their 2010 roster. Oh. But you recall watching some all-time greats like Timmy Duncan, yeah. Manu and Tony Parker going against LeBron and D. Wade and Chris Bosh. I mean, and what and a time like, to get man, started. screw all those bubs. I'm going with the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> Who probably came in, what, 10th in the East that year? Yeah, probably. Give or take, yeah. I think I picked them because I liked their jerseys, if I'm being for real. Their throwback jerseys, though. I was going to say, yeah, the throwbacks are dope. Yeah. Their jerseys suck. But like their throwback them. jerseys are are sweet. The the basketball with the Sixers across and like the ball trail, like that old school like AI jersey. Yeah, I like those a lot, dude. Now me, of course, baseball was my first love, still my biggest love. And I recall, like you said, it mainly goes back to playing. I mean, I recall being four or five years old in the backyard playing wiffle ball or hitting off playing a tee, catch, just playing catch, dude. Me and my dad used to go out and. He, he made me work. When's the last time you went out and played catch? Uh, actually, a couple weeks ago. How did that feel? Like a child again. Dude. I miss it. It doesn't even make sense. Miss it every day. Yeah. That's the main thing. I miss playing. I miss not even actually during the game, but like warm-ups and your pregame routines and you know hanging out with the guys in the clubhouse. So, of course, I love the actual pro game and watching it and, and studying, but, but being out there playing yourself, there's nothing like that. You know, dog days of summer. It's a beautiful sunset. You're out there on the field. The lights come on. You feel like a big Ooh. leaguer, man. Nothing better yeah. than that. That definitely hooked me at a very, very young age. We got to get back out there. And then you continued to just watch young non-professionals in the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> when they become pros, they get traded away. Yeah, but a, a pro moment going and seeing uh, the Jay Bruce walk-off homer to clinch the division in 2012, which is mind-blowing. That's a very, again, that Same thing, like packed, packed house. And like you mentioned, leaving the stadium was wild. Everybody's honking. It's a roads are closed. It's chaos. It's a whole thing. I was like, damn. I, I, I haven't experienced that since, unfortunately. <laughs> but hopefully, at some point, we can get back to that. But, yeah, very, uh, very, like, building experience. Yeah, it's the whole experience. Not, I mean, that one highlight of the game, you probably don't remember a lot of the rest. No, I recall, I think Chapman pitched, and I recall Jay Bruce walking off, and Yonder Alonso 
spraying the front row with champagne after the fact. And then everything else. And then leaving. Yeah, just yeah. chaos. It's the weird things that aren't a part of the game that you remember that are those impressionable moments like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, thanks, Reds, for that. At least they have one good story to tell. Yeah. One good moment. Yeah. With that, you know what time it is, Cam? Lightning Round Trivia Tuesday. NFL starting off. Cam, what do you have for Mr. Shane? Shane. Yes. What team won the first Super Bowl? Bears. Final answer? No. Well, now he's going to second guess. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Bears. It's the Packers. <sighs> Swing and a miss. I was close. Swing and a miss. In close. My- but no cigar. In my head, I was like, Bears-Packers. I'm going to go Bears. Yeah, that's actually who played. Yeah, I knew it was who played. I just couldn't remember who won. Well, you had a 50-50 shot. Yeah. And you just got pranked because it was impossible for the Bears <laughs> and Packers to play each other. Oh, wait. <laughs> what was it? Packers? <laughs> was it Packers-Chiefs? I don't SB1? know. SB1? I know the Colts won two, but they didn't play in one. Yeah, I don't know who played the Packers. But, I know uh, but it, the Packers won. I know it is also for a fact, not the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> NFL-wise, kind of a slow week. Only a couple things worth mentioning, but most prominently. Some interesting stories. Yeah, some, uh, some heavy hitters. Let's start with DeAndre Hopkins. Released Where's he going? Pretty much out of the blue. And the Cardinals are kind of just taking that hit this year. Yeah, I saw the only two teams that were really in trade talks with them were the Chiefs. And the Bills. So are those two of the teams you want to mention that you think he's a best fit for? I think he's a best fit for the Chiefs. I think it's a terrible move if he goes to the Bills. And then, I don't Shane, think it's, do you have uh, the current salary cap? I do. I do. I don't Let think me, it's um, – it wouldn't be bad if he went to the Bills. I think he could perform well. But the problem is we're kind of already seeing Diggs checked out. And, you think? Uh, yeah. I think the last thing you need to do is to bring someone to take away from his usage, especially in this time where you know he he his attitude's questionable. Um, I mean, just what we saw in the playoffs, he just wasn't really with the team. He just kind of checked himself out, just being really weird. The man hates losing. That's documented. But yeah, I do think Casey's a great fit. Uh, I love that for fantasy, for D-Hop. Yeah. Uh, I've also got... I know the, the Chiefs are pretty low in, in cap space. Um, they could probably work something out, though, especially with Arizona taking on most of his salary this year. Uh, actually, dead last in available cap. Not even $1.1 million, a little under. Um, I think the Bears and Lions are sneaky. Bunch of cap space. Both need a go-to wide out. Love Amon Ra, uh, but I Bears, think having a secondary. Is he your number one guy? Absolutely. Maybe. He has been with every other quarterback besides P.J. Walker and Sam And he's Darnold. been their only guy. I think he gets better, and D-Hop probably gets better, having them teamed up. Um, also, I think the Ravens have been talked about. I know we've talked about that. Uh, yeah. Should have happened. Must have fell through. Yeah. you know, Thanks, Shefty, for that info. Jackass. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it really just depends on what he wants. Does he want a ring or does he want $25 million? Yeah, I think at his age, after the career he's had with a lot of bad teams mostly, uh, go for a ring. 
yeah, I mean, I know he said he's open to coming to Cleveland. Is that something I would want for the right price? Absolutely. Uh, any team will take it for the right price. So if he's going to want a four-year mega deal like he's in his prime, he can walk. He's mentioned wanting to play with Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, and then uh, I think there are two other quarterbacks who escaped me. But yeah, I think prominently the Chiefs is the best fit for all sides, really. They need a number one outside of Kelsey, outside of what? Kadarius Toney, MVS. They're pretty confident in Kadarius Toney. And look, they'll get it done regardless, but bringing in a veteran wideout like that, who still probably has the best hands in the game, is a huge upgrade. Yeah, so fingers crossed there. The middle. Hopefully they pull a trigger on that, get some kind of deal worked out. And that might affect him moving up to like a top five fantasy yeah, very potential well ranking. Good. Yeah, if he goes to if he goes to the Chiefs, then I could definitely see him finishing top five. That's a scary thought. I think it'd be really cool to see him go to like LA. The, the Chargers? Char- yeah. I think they're good there. Dude. Even with you know, Williams and, and Allen being unhealthy generally. I don't know if he brings what they need. Yeah, I think they've they've kind of got that that whole field already. Because the problem isn't that they're not throwing enough check downs or over the middle. The problem is they're not throwing enough downfield. And I, I don't know fair. if Hop has that explosiveness still to get downfield. I know Andy Reid is licking his chops right now. Not because he had a great brisket or a rack of ribs. But because D-Hop might be coming his way. Probably plays part of it. Well, Maybe. it's an everyday thing. Should be at least. I just don't know how they work out a deal with him, man. They don't have... Oh, they can give somebody a signing bonus. They, yeah, the can, way they... Cap a lot basically of isn't real. Yeah, you can defer it to next year, do a signing bonus. Again, I think Arizona's paying most of his salary this year. So even having only, what, $1 million in free cap space? They are at negative $29 million, though, Jesus Christ. Like, They'll make something happen. All cap. Now, one of my favorite stories of uh, maybe the entire time we've been doing this show, Kenny Pickett had his car stolen with his playbook in it at the during dealership. a radio interview. Why? And it was at the dealership, right? So the background was, yeah, it's at the dealership. I don't know if he just bought it or brought it in for a tune-up or an oil change, but it was stolen from the dealership. And the radio place like across the street? or Yeah, gotta be, maybe he Ubered to that. I don't know. He thought, hey, I'll do this interview. I come back. My car's ready. Yeah. But it wasn't ready. It was gone. Because uh, some dude stole it, left his car there, went to his residence with Kenny Pickett's vehicle, and then beat his wife. And the cops were called. Of course, they show up and think, oh, this is not your car, sir. It's just Kenny Pickett's car. Maybe the dumbest criminal of all time. Probably. But thankfully, no playbook secrets got out to anybody, to my knowledge. He could have been a Browns insider. I hope not. I don't want tampering on my (laughs) own ours. I think you'd hire a little smarter, you know, spy for that. Yeah, it'd be like Bill Belichick levels of intelligence here. I feel like there's no way he knew it was Kenny Pickett's car. I feel like he definitely just stole anything he could find. Because, I mean, isn't it just like a super generic car? Yeah, he drives like a 2023 uh, Genesis SUV. Oh, yeah, dude. He probably just snatched it up. He saw like a little Steelers binder and assumed it was just like the guy's, you know, school binder. If he even saw it, who knows? He could have known it was, I mean, he could have saw Kenny Pickett get out of his car. (laughs) He's like, hmm, 
Is that Kenny Pickett? I'm going to steal his car. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just want to know where beating your wife comes into the equation of all of this. Uh, I love to think he came home and she's like, honey, uh, where'd you get that car? <laughs> and he just flips. <laughs> And the cops what are you trying to say? I'm broke. We <laughs> <laughs> think I stole it. <laughs> well, I did. That's besides the point, though. What a what a wild story. Gosh, I wonder if it's against like team policy to have classified quote unquote information in your car. He probably needs the playbook at all times. Yeah, but like, don't leave it in your car when you're not there, right? Well, I mean, he can't be carrying it around though. Why not? I mean, let's be honest. If you're Kevin Stefanski or Mike McCarthy. And some random Billy Joe Bob on Twitter sends you, hey, man, I got the playbook for the Steelers. You, how much you want for it? Are, are you gonna One, are you going to believe him? Two, it's the Steelers. Do you really need their playbook? Like, oh, oh we got to stop Kenny Pickett from throwing more interceptions than touchdowns again this year. Yeah, we have 23 <laughs> checkdowns in Najee Harris. It's the entire playbook. And a punting formation. Uh, this is weird. What a weird playbook. No, I would call the NFL and say, hey, guys, we got a problem here. Um, I'm not involved. Don't come after me. I don't want it. I said no. I told the guy, you keep it. <laughs> don't come out. Don't penalize me. Don't suspend me. Yeah. Like I, I told him, one, it's the Steelers. Not really worried about them. <laughs> uh, what a weird, like. <laughs> but thank God, Kenny Pickett, his vehicle, and his playbook are all back where they belong and totally safe. We think. To our knowledge, the maybe, playbook, maybe the guy copied it. Maybe Who knows? The, yeah, maybe the playbook's still missing. Oh, dude, I think I just I think I just put two and two together with why why he beat his wife. He was trying to scan like copies of it. His wife is like, "What are you printing off?" And that's when he flipped shit. Just went absolutely ballistic. It's a possibility. On He's like, "I'm trying to get us rich." Smack. Maybe. Again, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't quite think that one through. No, he didn't. He didn't realize, like, hey, if I get the cops called on me, I have a stolen car in my driveway. Also, at a dealership, I assume, like any dealership, they have cameras all over the place. Loads of cameras. Uh, he also has a license plate registered to his name Correct. on the vehicle he left there. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was a terrible plan. There's no possibility he could have succeeded. No, Whoa, these aren't dealer tags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, wait, what is this 92 Corolla doing in a... It's been there for like two days. I like to think Kenny Pickett's tags, like his license plate says K. Pickett. <laughs> Just Kenny Pickett on the license As plate. As a six-year-old guy gets out, you're like, that's definitely not Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Maybe senior? Kenny Pickett senior? <laughs> uh, speaking about not thinking things through, all of a sudden the commanders might need another new name. Uh, yeah, their trademark for the commanders got denied. Um, that was by the United States trademark postal something patent association. It's like you stop or something as the acronym for them. Yeah. I got denied. I guess there's one of the things mentioned is a fellow who writes, or I think he writes, uh, sports fiction. He is patented names like the space commanders and the wolf commanders. So, Actually, guys, I uh, I have a confession to make. I, I filed for trademark on the Commanders two years ago. As soon as you learned? Before I learned, actually. It was not even public info yet. He was just bored. I thought, you know, that's a generic name. They're never going to pick that. So uh, <laughs> let me get on that train. Uh, I know the fans want to redo. Do you go uh, back to the football team? Which uh, I think they should have kept initially. It's pretty funny. Intermittently, but the fans definitely want to redo, even though it was like a fan-voted name. 
it wasn't ever that good to begin with. No. Yeah, like the, the options were terrible. It's pretty dog shit. How many like, how many times have you guys yelled at me for not saying commanders on podcast? Too many. Yeah. You I, really should know by now. Whose fault is that? I'm Jerome. Just, I'm just saying after 20 years of calling them a certain name that I cannot say on air. Okay, I don't think 20 years ago you were saying that word. I don't think okay. so either. I okay. think maybe like three years ago. <laughs> like the year before <laughs> they, they changed. Got, yeah. No, I'm just saying, dude. Like, it's gonna be so hard to adjust to whatever they do. It's not though. It definitely is. I don't slip. It's so easy to just say the commanders. Are you gonna go back to? Saying it's like the, the same team? amount of letters. But if they switch it back to to the football team, are you gonna say football team or commanders? Football team. I'll probably honestly just say Washington. That's because the easiest route. That is. Am I really gonna talk about them? Probably not until Probably you predict not. them beating the Eagles. And when I did that, guess what I said? The Washington Commanders are going to beat the Eagles. Go back and check that time-stamped episode, probably like 10 or 11. Something like that. Any early favorites for a name if you were in charge? I don't it should be like DC-related, right? Yeah, but the, then again, what do you do? The presidents. You can't have the senators. They were already an old baseball team. Which is also not super cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Can't do Guardians now. It's taken. Yeah. Um, God, what do you do? What do you do? Football team. No. Uh, no, no jokes. I do prefer that. They should have stayed with that initially. But there's no chance. Until they, they found a good name. Well, they didn't find a good name. No, they didn't. Will they now? Who knows? Owner, new ownership? You know it would be hilarious. They're the Washington Amazons. You know what would be absolutely hilarious? If, it, if they were the Oilers. The D.C. Oilers? It fits. <laughs> uh, is there a Washington XFL team? Isn't it DC? Uh, DC uh, Defenders, right? That's slightly better than Commanders. Uh, that's probably why they pick Commanders. They're like, well, if, if they're going to be the Defenders, we're going to be the Commanders <laughs> of the Defenders. What if they're the Offenders? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Here we have top alternate names considered for the Washington football Go team. Go back to the... Get back out of the article. Just go to where it had them listed. The Red Hogs? Eh. It would catch on pretty quick. The Red Hogs? Yeah. Mm. The Washington Armada's terrible. No way on air. I like the Admirals, Admirals a lot better. Yeah. A lot better than Commanders. Red the, Hawks? The Red Hawks are cool. Brigade? Like the, the Sentinels. The Sentinels? That's like a hockey team name. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, a, like a minor league hockey team name. Yeah, I think the Admirals are the one. They should have won with that first. Which means they will not go with it this time around. No, they will not. They'll pick something probably even worse. They will be the Washington presidents. No, no terrible. I don't think they'll go that route. Horrible. It's a horrible name, man. But like, it's a Washington thing to do. Well, speaking of horrible, it's time for our top ten <laughs> fantasy tight ends. Uh, I debated skipping this section entirely because last year, besides Kelsey, there's almost nobody even worth picking up. But uh, we're gonna be positive. The top three. We're going to think positive. I think all 10 of these guys can have a definite impact both on their teams and on your fantasy team. Starting off, number 10, a rookie. Your boy. I can't say it. You Notre Dame legend. Rob Gronkowski Jr., Mike Mayer. Mayer. Huge upside. Super athletic, great hands, great route running, good blocking. I mean, he's very well all-around talented guy. And we know Jimmy G loves his tight ends. Reliable, over the middle kind of guy, uh, uh, with ability if, to stretch the field. If Jimmy G's even playing, that is also kind of up in the air. 
Uh, we should probably mention that. I kind of forgot about it until just now. Yeah, I guess they put a clause in his contract. About his foot. About his it? ankle. Yeah, yeah, not being able to pass a physical right now. His contract could get waived. And then who? Jared, John, Jeff uh, Stidham, right? Jared Stidham. Whoa. <laughs> not ideal. Does Maybe that's Jared what, Stidham like tight ends? That might be what Devontae was talking about when he said he didn't like the direction they were going. Like, hey, it looks like we're not having Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. Yeah, it turns out not a shot at Jimmy G, more a shot at absolutely no backup plan. Either way, I, I like Michael Mayer. You're going to get him late 14th, 15th, 16th round. Um, I'm of the mind myself. If you don't get Kelsey in round one, just wait. I don't like going even Andrews and Kittle in like round four or like, five. Yeah, I don't, I don't probably, like that. Yeah, that's good value for Kittle. Especially. I'd rather get another wideout running back that early and just wait till round 12 plus. Well, it depends on what your draft's looking like. I mean, and your look, there's variables. And your league. If you're in a keeper, you've already got three running backs like Drew Fisher. You can go Mark Andrews round two. Either way, Michael Mayer, good value late round and pretty good upside. Number nine. Cole Komet with the Chicago Bears. Came in seventh last year. Uh, red zone target. The passing game should get off the ground. He's going to be over the middle a lot. Uh, you got a lot of deep threat guys with Mooney and Moore and Claypool. So you're going to need that old reliable uh, Dalton Schultz kind of role where he's just standing there on a curl six, seven, eight yards down the field. Just like, hey, bud. Waving at Justin like, hey, man. Wide open here. Unsuspected. Actually gets a pass thrown at him right off the face mask. Drops it. But no, I mean, he's got – their offense should be a lot better. He caught seven touchdowns last year. Should be around that same number with more receptions and more yards. I think he's a good red zone and third down kind of guy. Again, not going to win you a league, but to plug in there at tight end, that's a solid option. Nothing sexy, nothing exciting, but he'll get the job done. Number eight, Mr. Dallas Goddard in Philly. Could be top five. Same thing. I think you know what you're getting. You've got Brown and Demonte Smith as your main options. And again, who's that? Right over the middle, eight yards up the field, on a curl, standing there. Uh, The entire secondary is 65 yards down the field trying to cover... Devonte Ada or Devonte Smith and AJ Brown and there's old Goddard right there ready, and then there goes Jalen Hurts on a 15 yard scramble, <laughs> just passes him up. Uh, number seven, I think he's a little too highly valued right now, which I might be wrong on. Uh, going to Minnesota, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, definitely the best move of his career was getting put in Minnesota. Huge red zone targets, and now losing Adam Thielen. Maybe some of those targets go his way. Solid number two option. If he's on the field, he's I mean, he's a really good tight end. Not every pass can go to Jefferson. The, well. I mean, not to my knowledge. I don't they can. Every pass. They can, but they won't. Or will they? They could. Number six, your boy, David Njoku. Do they finally utilize him to his full potential? He did okay last year. I think he did. He's trending upward still. But he can be a lot better than that. And his hands are just getting better. So I know that was the big complaints. But he's another one of those uber-athletic red zone targets and kind of a deep threat. He's pretty quick. 
Yeah, freak athlete. Big, fast guy. And outside of Cooper, there's really no clear number two threat. Maybe no. Elijah Moore fills that role. He should. Maybe that Tillman kid from Tennessee fills that role. He should. But, we still have uh, David Bell from last draft, too. You do still have David Bell. And then uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, <laughs> he'll get his two catches a game. And he might take one of those catches 75 yards for a touchdown. That's entirely possible. But uh, he's also a really good return man, Mr. DPJ. Yes, he is. Keep him there. Throw the ball to Njoku. Number five. Kind of had a down year last year, but he was hurt. And the team wasn't great. New situation now where he's the clear number one option. New York Giant, Darren Waller. Until Jalen Hyatt proves himself, or I don't really know, like... Danny Dimes hasn't really had a tight end to throw to because last year they lost Ingram to Jacksonville. So that was kind of their best tight end they've had probably ever. And now you have a very talented guy, great route running, great blocking, just big, physical, probably will catch anything you throw near him. And now healthy. And now healthy. Um, And like you said... Until Hyatt takes the offense by storm. Uh, great check down over the middle threat for Danny Dimes to throw the ball to. I think his upside is not Kelsey level because nobody is. But he could be number two yeah. because of volume if he stays on the field. Number four, kind of the same situation. A guy that could be top two. Should be top two probably. Should be. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. Uh the three games Ritter played, he was getting a lot more involved involved in the offense. So we should see that continuing to trend. And with Bijan Robinson opening up the pass game, we should see Kyle Pitts and Drake London both have pretty solid years. Whether you like Ritter or not, he did get the ball to London and Pitts. Which is which for fantasy, that's all you want. And it also almost seems impossible not to do. You have uh, yeah. You have two seven-foot-tall guys who run like four threes, and they're both 275 pounds of pure steroided-out muscle. Like, what? how do you not get the ball to them? He's also going relatively late in all the mocks I've done, round 9, 10, 11-ish. I absolutely love it. Which is a steal at that position. 100%. The top three are pretty consensus. Um, no shocks here. Number three, George Kittle. Could make a case for number two, but I think because of target share and he blocks a lot more. Exactly. He's blocked in there at three. I I think Kittle's the best all-around tight end in the league. Totally agree. But for fantasy, being an all-around player doesn't help. But he still gets enough offensive production to be the top two. And I think the past four or five years, he's been the top yak guy at tight end. Yeah. He's so he'll get a play, and he, he makes things happen. Yeah, he's crazy fast. Breaks tackles, makes guys miss entirely, and scores relatively often, especially in such a high-powered offense. He's going to have plenty of chances. Exactly. Number two, of course, Mark Andrews. You know what you're getting. As long as Andrews stays healthy, even when Lamar wasn't throwing him the ball, he was still their number one option, and he still is. Um, Unless they get D-hop. They're going to have to work Odell into the system. I still think he can be a quality receiver. I think he'll be a big surprise. But it shouldn't affect Mark Andrews' output. No, it shouldn't. But I think Odell was a guy who wasn't in our top 25. I think he could definitely potentially be top 15. So I'm thinking next week, because we're not going to do kickers or defense or anything, 
we cycle back to quarterbacks and do top ten sleepers this year. We could do that. Guys that we didn't rank the first time around. So quarterbacks, running backs, wideouts. Like you know, a little sleeper ish. I think we can just turn it into like a fantasy news segment now. Like who's trending up and who's looking like their usage rate's gonna be really high. That kind of thing. Instead of doing lists every time, actually give some knowledge. Well, I think we're dropping knowledge here too though. Eh, but we, what knowledge can you drop about Travis Kelsey? There is none. I mean, it's clear, clear one. He was if he was a wideout, he would have qualified for like number six last year. He's going to put up two thousand yards, thirty-five touchdowns, on six hundred catches. It's just what's going to happen. Again, assuming they don't get D Hop, and if, even if they do, it's not going to affect his volume either. He's yeah. getting ten catches a game. If Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't affect your volume, nobody can. <laughs> well, that's a true fact right there. Uh, so yeah, pretty much cut and dry. Um, he's going in the first round in a lot of my mocks, right around that. Six, seven, eight overall spot, and I don't hate that strategy. Neither do I. If you are stuck in that middle of the draft kind of lineup, would you rather go Stefan Diggs or would you lock in your tight end? Uh, the clear best tight end. Yeah, and he's going to finish top five wideouts. Exactly. That's, that's the thing you don't have to worry about if you go Kelsey off the bat. And if you're lucky, it probably won't happen, but there's a chance you pick up Mahomes in round two. And rock that combo. And that is a scary prospect. Yeah. <coughs> but you got to be lucky. Bless it's a you, Shane. weird Thank year you. for fantasy. It is. Especially because I'm in really no regular leagues besides, I guess, the one we'll be doing. Um, I'm in a keeper league. I'm in an auction league. And a 14-team league. Yeah. It's, it's a, redraft fantasy is so weird right now. Just with you know Jefferson pretty much going number one. If he's not number one, he's going top three. He's been pretty much top two every draft. Where, like, last year was your first round is pretty much all running backs except Jefferson and Chase, but they went later, like seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I've seen a area. lot of Jefferson, Chase, Diggs, Adams, Cup, all in the first round. Yeah. Because there is a lot of questions at running back. With there's Kelsey really, in there and, and Kelsey. Mahomes potentially going in the first round. Yeah. There's really no room for running backs. So do you want to pimp our fantasy league? Spots are filling up. I think we have either one or three left, depending on how many teams we want to do. That is correct. We have one or three. Um, so for prizes, there's no entry fee. Uh, for prizes, the top three fans that are placed are going to get merch, hat, cup. Uh, maybe we'll throw in a cigar. Yeah, cigar, maybe a bottle. Um, however, if you win the championship, then you'll get a, be able to be on a show. If you so choose. If you so choose. Completely up to you, but aside from the top three, assuming if Austin wins the championship, then, I get to be on the show. Then the number one fan doesn't get to be on the show. They just get the prizes. Those prizes are locked in no matter where you rank, but if a fan wins the championship, we'll have to get another chair in here. Do you, uh, do you hear that? Round two, Trivia Tuesday, NBA-related. Oh, man. Shane. <clears throat> yes. Other than the Miami Heat, who is the only other number eight seed to make it to the finals? Ever. It's only happened once. Do we have multiple choice for Shane? No. I like that. No multiple choice. I could give you multiple choice off the top of my head Um, if you feel like you need it. Honestly, can you just give me a time frame instead? 
I don't know the time frame. No? No. But I can give you multiple choice. Give me multiple choice. The Bulls, the Warriors, the Sixers, or the Knicks? Do, 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 do. I'm going to go. I don't think it's the Knicks just because they've either been very good or very bad. Knicks eliminated. Down to three options. The Bulls, I feel like they're in that same kind of either very good, very bad. Um, Throwing the Bulls out. Down to two. The other one was what? Sixers and who else? Warriors. Warriors. I'm going to go Warriors. And my guess is going to be during that like Rick Barry period. It is actually the New York Knicks. Really? The yeah. first when? team you knocked out. Uh, you could probably look it up. I, I didn't look it up. I just know that they're the only other team to do it. And, of course, the second team to do so. It's finally. I know you were worried there for a minute. Oh, dude. I was so clenched. I was probably veiny and very red that whole game. You're they were doing, up you're by doing, like, doing your best me impression. They were up like 30, and I was like, it doesn't matter. Anything could happen. After but losing three straight. The dream has come true, and the greatest call in sports history was made. I would say in history general. I mean, show me one better prediction. The, the babe calling a shot. Okay, cool. Anybody can do that, bro. Exactly. You know what you can't do? Predict Nuggets heat. It's eight months ago. Uh, maybe the call JFK made to Fidel Castro to stop the Cuban Missile Crisis. Ah, allegedly. That was probably a pretty good call. <laughs> yeah, that was an actual call, though. He didn't, he didn't predict that. <laughs> you went full Nostradamus. Exactly. And we got to give you your props. Now... I would be extremely surprised if the rest of that call comes to fruition. But it is possible that the Heat win and Jimmy Butler wins finals MVP. So before we break down the finals and the rest of that series, a couple uh, newsworthy items here. Two teams got their guy, a head coach. From the same team. From the exact same team. The Bucks hire Adrian Griffin, Nick Nurse's assistant coach. Any surprise there? Uh, kind of. I would have thought they'd go with a previous head coach, a guy with head coach. Yeah, I figured experience. they would go with Monty, but you know, Nick Nurse was not a bad coach, by so to be under him, very good option. Uh, apparently, handpicked by Giannis, or at least heavily influenced by Giannis's loving this guy. Well, I mean, he saw that uh, the starters on the Raptors play fifty-five minutes a game, <laughs> so he was like, you know, I think I could do that. Yeah, he probably could too. Uh, then Nick Nurse, hired by the 76ers. Shane, thoughts? I like it. Um, I think that you get a coach that does a lot more scheming with Nick Nurse than you do Doc Rivers. I'm curious to see how, you know, because like you said, the the Raptors, I mean, you play, man. You're, oh, they kind of had to, though. Yeah. I just, I'm curious to see if that translates over in Philly where your starters are going to get like 43 minutes a game, you know. Uh, well, Embiid can't play 43 minutes a game if you want him to play more than 10 games. That's what I'm thinking. So, I guess I'm curious to see how it ends up. I know Nick Nurse is a great coach. I know he does a lot of really good scheming, a lot of, like, you know, just plays that you wouldn't expect. Um, I think it's it could be good. It could be very bad, though. What's the, uh, what's the ceiling and floor here? Um, I mean, with the Sixers, you have you have a decent floor. I mean, I feel like the floor is at least a playoff berth. And then ceiling, maybe. You just give me seeds. Okay, floor, probably like a five seed. 
Um, pretty solid floor. It's pretty pretty high floor there. There's just a lot of talent. Now, that's saying that everyone on the roster right now stays. Assuming James Harden leaves, that does go down significantly. To? Maybe, like, fighting for a play-in. Not play-in, but, like, fighting to stay in the playoffs. So maybe, like, an eight seed. Well, I think the eight seed's play in the play-in, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's one through seven is locked in. I'd say floor is playing, ceiling, I guess, finals. I mean, he's done it before with less. I don't think they do any worse than they did this year. You I don't, don't think Nick Nurse can mess anything up. Even without Harden, you think that they can if, still If he be... leaves. I guess if he leaves, okay. yeah, that's going to affect things. Because, I mean, that, there's heavy talk about that. I mean, he it sounds like he really wants to go back to Houston. I've heard that is the main landing option. Yeah, uh, I'm super zoned out right now because of Mr. Larry Johnson, um, the six foot seven, two hundred and fifty pound beast, UNLV legend. I don't think I've ever seen like even Patrick Ewing was only two forty. Like that's like Zach Randolph, but shorter and also jacked. Oh my goodness! The bad what dude a right strange there. Strange build. Bad dude. Huh. I want to see what this guy looks like. Looks like he's seven foot tall. What a freaking unit. Look at those traps. That's Jesus. like Dwight Howard-esque. Yeah, but a foot shorter. <laughs> well, not quite a foot. I mean, six seven is still pretty solid. That's like two inches taller than me. And, a, you know, a little slightly better shape. Just eh. slightly. And I'm, I'm pretty close. Uh, you, you kind of resemble each other. You cut your hair oh, a little dude, bit. Oh, dude, I know what it is. It was straight stash. It's the tattoos. Dude, he's just rocking straight stash. You've still got the beard. Yeah, and he doesn't have any tattoos. Yeah, shave that. Maybe just conceal the tats. I'd think you're Larry Johnson. Throw some nice long shorts on. Yeah. I do like my long shorts. <laughs> I miss that. I wish when they did like retro uniforms. They did the they shorts. They went the style of it, too. That'd yeah. be funny. Have pinstripes. Like one game shorts. you're rocking like the 70s, like short shorts. Short shorts. And the next night you're rocking the like 2001. Allen Iverson. Yeah, b- below the knees. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for that. Um, in other news, not uh, quite a head coach, but a GM. The Warriors GM stepping down kind of out of the blue. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. I feel like he made good moves to get the championship team back. I mean, he's not responsible for how they performed. So uh, kind of weird. I mean, what a... What a great gig to have, too, right? Yeah. You've still got your core guys. Still got your great head coach. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe he just didn't want to be in basketball anymore. Yeah, maybe he's just retiring completely. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's, he's got to be loaded. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Go out Very and yacht odd. and just chill. Very maybe odd. Maybe go to Taiwan with Mr. Cliff Kingsbury. And, and just Dwight retire Howard. out there. And Dwight. <laughs> Was he Dwight? <laughs> you coach Dwight Howard. <laughs> And maybe LeBron James. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and every other player Dwight has tried to recruit. So every other player in the league. Pretty right much. Now. And out of the league. Yeah. Other including than that, Dylan Brooks. And before we get into the playoffs still, we have, we have a fellow to talk about. Do we? And a referee. <laughs> Part of the, the officiating crew. Mr. A, an alias. Mr. Eric Lewis, otherwise known as Blair... Cutliffe. <laughs> what a great fake name. <laughs> um, he has been linked to a burner account on Twitter where he is very 
very adamant of defending Celtics and the officiating crews of those games and being against the Lakers saying that there were any bad calls at all. Now, I never want a sentence about me to start with, quote, linked to a burner account on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have four. So I think you're just lumped in with the crew at this point. But uh, they're, the NBA is investigating this. And this might be the funniest story. If it becomes true, it, it'll be the funniest thing ever. It's definitely true. It's pretty much all but proven. It, dude, it has to be. Who else is out here defending refs and defending the Celtics this Besides hard? refs? The only thing yeah. to make it better is if his Twitter name was like Derek Lewis instead. <laughs> <laughs> Just Larrick Lewis. <laughs> or like Eric Lewis 01. <laughs> Or O two <laughs> with a picture of him, but he's wearing one of those sunglasses, like glasses with mustache on him. Dude, I want to. I want to know who found this man because none of his tweets have any interactions with them. At Twitter, all. man, they're, they're their own beast. They <laughs> they figure things out. I must want to make an account now where I f- like Photoshop a picture of him with that glasses mustache disguise on. Probably already been done. And name it Larrick Ewis. <laughs> <laughs> like. You cannot hate on referees around this guy. This dude put together a list of like the best and wor- worst refs. Eric Lewis is the third to last, and he said, what, what so you watched. That? Number 69, Eric number Lewis. Number 69, Eric Lewis. Nice. He said, so you watched every referee. Like, bro. Like, is, yeah, I did. That's yeah. why I put this list together. <laughs> I've watched a lot of NBA. You've probably seen every referee. Um, so, no... You can't penalize a guy for having a Twitter account, right? Or even a burner. But the implication being that that's affecting the way he calls games and favors certain teams or goes against certain teams, that's where the investigation part comes in. Exactly. And he's a known Celtics fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. And let's just read some of these tweets. And in context, this guy's talking about, uh, this guy says, pause it. <laughs> the Lakers being swept, but no Eric Lewis. And, and then, then here's Blair Cutcliffe. <laughs> don't think he was ever the problem. Responding to the guy who said Eric Lewis wasn't there. Uh, next, let's go up a little bit there, Shane. Oh, I can't. Oh, that's a video. Yeah. What a horrible setup. Oh, you could probably look it up on Twitter still. Uh, cool. I think it's hilarious. Eric Lewis got exposed as a Celtics fan. Now he's getting zero assignments. Blair Cutcliffe in response. Yeah, he worked game one, Denver, L.A. <laughs> What's that one? With the shrug emoji. How can you be a GOAT when you're 0-82 while being refed by Eric Lewis? How is Eric Lewis not in the GOAT conversation? And here's Blair Cutliffe. So you believe anything? Bro, that's not a real stat. (laughs) (laughs) Blair Cutliffe dropping some knowledge. He said, could he possibly have a second whistle in his pocket? Then Dennis throws him the original. Responding to uh, Scott Foster looking flustered. Correct. Not a good look for the NBA, especially right now during the finals. Last one. He says, a fellow named Hare Gordon, great name. Just, <laughs> not, not a burner either. Just look guy. at the free throw attempt disparity. It's all there in black and white. Blair Cutliffe or Eric Lewis or 
Larrick Lewis. Allegedly, Eric Lewis. I can't argue that. I would have to look at the fouls, all based on jump shots versus drives. Same in the Warriors-Lakers. Warriors are a perimeter team when the Lakers play at the bat. Okay, I'll, I'll read this that's verbatim. Actually, that's totally true, by the way. I'll read this verbatim. Warriors perimeter team when Lakers play at the basket. Truth is, Denver better overall team. They've shown it all year. Number one seed ain't easy. Tell me he's wrong. I mean, he does have up-close experience with that. Allegedly. And then probably the greatest one. (laughs) (laughs) Just two simple words. Hair Gordon again. I have no problem saying that 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 wasn't a foul on Schroeder. The difference is Jokic is the best player in in the world and Dennis Schroeder's butt juice. And here's Blair Cutliffe. Three laughing emojis. Butt juice, period. <laughs> I like to think he refed a game like the next night and like, calls his hey, buddy, butt juice. hey, bro, your butt juice. That, <laughs> like, that jumper was butt juice, hey, bro. Hey, butt juice, come on. God, do you think <laughs> Eric Lewis probably chirps at players, right? 100%. Well, this this one he kind of <laughs> Look, implies if you have a, he's if a you have a burner account on Twitter, you're definitely chirping at players. <laughs> Boys, this one he implies that he's a ref. Okay, let's see. Literally no one thought that should have been a fourth foul on Jokic. Stop covering for your favorite team. Refs got two fouls each on key players for Denver in the first quarter. I don't care about either team. You responded to me. Your accusations don't have merit. What about the foul call on Dennis in game one? I don't think that's a foul, but no one claimed conspiracy then. This guy knows the rules right there. He ain't blowing that whistle. He said he didn't care about either team. It's a, A foul's a foul. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he says that. He did. Well, he doesn't care about either of those teams. He cares about Boston. Which well, he hates the Lakers, though. He seems to be a big Jokic dick rider, though. I mean, how could he not be? That's true. Even Kendrick Perkins has changed his mind. <laughs> about time. So, was talking about Jokic. Uh, preview the finals here. Do the Heat have a chance? <sighs> they shouldn't. But Jimmy Butler can make magic happen. It's the Heat, man. I don't ever want to say they don't have a chance. Like I said last week when we pretty much talked about this matchup already because it was already a thing last week, not worried about these games or whatever. <laughs> Should have been over last Wasn't week. Wasn't even stressed at all. Uh, we didn't have an apology written up or an episode title ready to go or anything like that. Uh, we were 100% confident that the Heat were going to close it out. But um, uh, it's just going to be a coaching battle. Uh, and Spolstra is not a guy you want to get into a coaching battle with. Uh, if you can, if you could slow down Jimmy Butler, you can win. That's what the Celtics did. He had three rough games and then came out in game seven, stomped games one through three stomped. Uh, the role players are going to role play, but if you can slow down Jimmy Butler, you can very easily win the game. Even without slowing down Jimmy, I think the Nuggets have too much firepower on offense. You've got to slow them down. Oh, no, I agree. I think that's the key focus, though, as far as a coaching standpoint. Your focus is Jimmy Butler, everyone else <laughs> is what it is. Uh, offensively, I'm not worried about Denver at all. I think, I think the Heat have key players in positions that can somewhat slow down MPJ and Jamal Murray. I know you mentioned last week, yeah, who's going to guard MPJ? But the problem is when Jokic is down in the paint and the paint starts to collapse on him, you're leaving somebody open. So if you get away from that and just play like a 3-2 zone kind of style where you keep are keeping your guys on the perimeter with these guys while 
you have two or three guys in the paint, then you have a better chance at staying in those pass lanes. But uh, that's just not how defense is played anymore. So, I think more interesting to talk about, at least, is what does Boston do? There's talks of Jalen Brown maybe being gone. Uh, there was talks of him being traded last year and mid-year. Uh, he's probably almost 100% not coming back. I mean, you can't keep two guys in there that are both going to get super maxes, 600 mil between the two of them. And also, like, they really don't complement each other that well. No, they well. don't. They're almost it's, like the exact same player. It, they are. It's, here, Tatum, you shoot your five shots. If you're one for five, I'll shoot my five shots. And if I'm four for five, I'll shoot five more. Then based on that percentage of those five shots, I'll give it back to you. There's no flow. They're not playing for each other to get open. There's, it's not a team. So I don't, you, you have to get rid of one of them. I, and I, the problem is they have great role players around them, but having two players that play the exact same way, your role players are basically useless. There's no role for them to fill when you have two guys that are ball dominant. You have Derek White, who's supposed to be a ball handler. You have Malcolm Brogdon. They brought in another ball handler. And I feel like I didn't see Brogdon at all no. in that series. Yeah, exactly. One sixth man of the year and pretty much had no significant playing time or significant shots. No. Because you'll take 33s from Tatum and Brown combined, and they make two of them. I saw a really interesting video on my way here. Um, this guy compared Brown and Tatum to the OKC team with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, where you have two really great players, both of them individually great scorers. Yeah, but they even complemented each other way better. Yeah, at least Russ was a facilitator. But both of them, it felt like they did better when they split up. Well, I mean, yeah, you go to the Steph Warriors, of course you're going to Well, yeah, you've also got to look at the situations they're going to. Is Jalen Brown going to a team that is already a championship contender? We don't know. Probably not. Now, here's my question, honestly. What does Blair Cutcliffe think of the situation? Dude, he wants them to go anywhere but Butt the Lakers. juice. <laughs> <laughs> that about sums it up. Yeah, so anyway, the Heat win, uh, if they do, it's got to come down to, like you said, Spo coaching. And uh, pretty much everything going their way. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler being Superman. The stars have to align for this one. And really no better team for the Nuggets to play in their first ever NBA Finals. Yeah, great matchup. In their favor. They're heavy favorites. I think it's minus 350. Yeah, I think definitely Boston would have been a better matchup. But regardless of who they played, uh, Denver was going to be favored regardless. I think they're yeah. definitely the – should Big be time. a shoe in. Um, anything else you want to talk about NBA-wise? Oh, I did see today that the uh, the Nuggets mascot makes 650 k a year. Yeah, he's like by far the highest paid mascot. Yeah, by a lot. I think Benny the Bull should be up there too. He should be. You know, Joey the Bull? Exactly. Boom. Um, if the Heat do win, they'll be the first eight seed to ever win a finals. So, Shane, remember that for Trivia Tuesday in about 10 years from now. Got it. If that happens. Yeah, when it becomes historical. Locked into memory. We'll see. It's baseball time, boys. I think so. Wait, hold on. Before baseball, I do have a question. If the Heat somehow do win, do you think that this run beats out Dirk's title run for, like, the hardest? No. No? No. I mean, Dirk beat the the big three. Yeah. And, of course, beating, you know, what should be 
three-time MVP, Jokic, and, and Jamal Murray's a great win by no means. But, but this isn't LeBron James in his prime with Dwayne Wade in his prime. And Dirk having pretty much no help. Literally Dirk and friends. That's fair. You could put Bam Adebayo on Dirk's team, and he's the second best player behind Dirk. By a wide margin. By a significant margin. I'm, I'm talking in tight, like your whole road there. I mean, he beat Giannis with Drew Holiday, with um, Chris Middleton, with Brooke Lopez. Um, and then he goes on and beats the Knicks, which, I mean, that's, yeah. not, that's nothing too crazy, but it's still mentioned. And then goes on to beat, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Well, if you're going to look at it like that, you have to look at all factors too. The Celtics, first-year head coach. So that plays a role in dampering that. But I still don't think there's going to be anything, any better championship than Dirk and Plumbers beating <laughs> LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, Mario Chalmers, Dwayne Wade. I think Shaq might have been on that team still. Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam. Uh, Birdman. Bird. I forgot about Birdman. Man. I did too. You just mentioned that actually. What a legend. I, I don't think there's going to be it. It'll take a lot. I was just curious. And, like, the Heat are a really good eight-seed team. Yeah. If it was, like, the Knicks doing this, 100%. But, yeah, the Heat are a good team. They just played bad in the regular season. Okay. Where the Mavericks were not a good team. They had really no business being there at all. And they beat the Spurs too, right? In the West, they had to have. Yeah. And See, yeah, that goes that, not just beating LeBron and Wade, but beating the Spurs, the Dynasty the, Spurs. Yeah, in the height of Tony Parker, Duncan, or Tim Duncan, and Manu Ginobili, well, and maybe Kawhi. I think they beat OKC, or was that before OKC? That was before OKC. This was 2011, wasn't it? Yeah, 2011, 2012 season. That was KD Westbrook, was and, Katie Westbrook and Jimmy Harden. Too. Before he was really Jimmy Harden, but still. Well, I know the year before that is was when didn't LeBron play OKC in the finals? The year before, I think so. Let me pull it up. Either way, great run for the Heat if they do pull this off. Uh, definitely top three all time, maybe number two, but hard to imagine anybody coming close to or, or passing up that that Dirk title. Where'd you go? Wikipedia, which reliable. Maps over the Heat and the Western Conference. Oh, they did play. Uh, they beat Portland and the Lakers and OKC. Yeah. Because Memphis bounced San Antonio. Eight over the one. The more you know. So this was after the Spurs dynasty was over then. No, because they won in 2013. Yeah. Oh, that's when, right. When Kawhi kind of took <clears throat> over. Just choked against Memphis. Well, that would have been that Memphis team with, like, Zach Randolph and who else would have hit him? <laughs> that's, about, that's about it, really. Mike Conley. Yeah. Mike Conley, Mark Gasol. Yeah. Hmm. Don't, don't say Mike Conley with a question mark ever again. Buckeye legend right there, sir. Don't you ever disrespect Mike Conley ever again. I will not have that It's here. not a joke. Don't smile about that. I'm going to keep smiling. That's, That's not acceptable. 
We do not accept Mike Conley slander. Can you actually apologize to Michael Conley right now? I'm writing that down. Michael Conley, I'm very, I'm very sorry for downplaying what you did in 2011. I think it's very commemorable, um, and I hope that you do it more. I'm writing that down on that Shane's. That was very sincere, actually. I appreciate that. I'm still writing. I know it, Mike will too. I'm still writing it down on Shane's dumb takes. What was it? There was no take assigned with. Yeah, that, that wasn't really a take. I was just trying uh, to list off members of the team. Sorry, I'll change this to dumb Shane statement dumb question quotes. <laughs> I was just trying to remember who was on the team. Mike Conley question mark. Dude, he played his entire career with Memphis until like last year. I was just trying to think like how Stupid. long Mike Conley's been in the league. Forever. Uh, t- he came in 2008. He's like a 37-time teammate of the year. Because he went up until like two years ago with never receiving a technical foul. Great guy. Stand-up guy. Yeah. I, um, Memphis I, legend Mike Conley is how you should address him from well, now on. Well, Buckeye legend and then Memphis legend. Uh, Memphis first. Yeah. All right, on the MLB, I'm sure there's a a five-part trivia quiz. This is going to be bad. I'm going to give you five baseball terms, and, and you, you have the ability to ask Cam. Okay. Because Cam might not know either. Okay. I'm going to give five terms. You tell me what they mean in baseball lingo. Okay. What is a snow cone besides a delicious... Refreshing treat. I was going to go with something that you get in the concession stand. Outside of that. Um, Just take a swing on this one because don't phone a friend. A snow cone is... Um, it's when everyone's at zero. Incorrect. No. Cam, do you have a guess? No. A snow cone is when you just barely catch the ball on the end of your glove and the ball's kind of sticking out. Like it looks cone. like a snow cone. And it looks like a snow cone. Yeah. Yeah. Over one. Next up, what's a twin killing? A twin killing. Is that when you win both games of a series? Hell of a guess, but no. No. That'd be a double play. Okay. A double play is a twin killing. Back-to-back homers? Uh, it's called back-to-back. Oh, oh, it's a double play? Double play, yeah. Oh. Uh, next up, what is chin music? I know this one. And not Shawn Michaels finishing I was, move. I was, I was thinking chin music. Uh, is it's when, when, the, when the pitcher comes up and kicks the batter right in the chin. Super That's kick. illegal, actually. Is it when... um. When a ball bounces off the ground and smacks you in the chin? Uh, maybe that could qualify, but no, it's when uh, a fastball comes up and in and kind of yeah. pushes you back off the plate. Oh, yeah. It's a little chin music there. It'll wake you up a little bit. How about a can of corn? <laughs> this is an old-timey baseball term. It's a can of corn right there. When you get hit? I don't know. Cam? I think that one's just like an easy fly ball, right? Easy pop fly. It's a can of corn. I don't know the origins on that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but no, it doesn't. a nice, easy, you don't even have to move. Austin, you just single-handedly tanked my trivia. Like, my, Well, you know, my we're, you're not a baseball guy. You got one more, it's Something right? off the bat. And last but not least, the golden sombrero. What is a golden sombrero? Dude, I... I <laughs> there's so many things going through my head right now, but I have no idea. Cam? Fun fact, it's actually when a fan pees on your head and you're an outfielder. <laughs> it's the golden sombrero. That'd be impressive. That's when a batter strikes out four times in the same game. Three's a hat trick. Four oh, is the golden yes, yeah. sombrero. Again, don't know the origins, but you don't want a golden sombrero. Well, I wouldn't want it if it was what Cam described either. That'd well, you know, <laughs> we don't judge. It's 2023. Yeah, it depends. It's 2023. You're into what you're into, bub. 
If it's cold out there, you know, you want to warm up a little bit. <laughs> you get a little golden yeah. sombrero. <laughs> uh, it's some good news, some heartwarming news. Liam Hendricks, after battling cancer, beating cancer, pitched for the first time last night. Gave up a run, but just to be back out there is very inspiring, very impressive. Um, White Sox closer, they suck, but good to have him back. Um, so, so good news there for him, his family, and the team in general, and, and the sport in general. Uh, also coming back from injury after like three years off, the Braves get Mike Soroka back. Yeah, how long did you say? How many days? 1,029 days. days. Um, in 2019, his last full year, he was an all-star. Uh, started 29 games, was 13-4 and four with a 2.68 ERA. It's really good. As if the Braves didn't need more help, they got Mike Soroka back. Had a good start. Went six, gave up, I think, four earned runs. Struck out three or four. Not um, bad for your first yeah, game. Yeah, come in back in and, and get settled years. back. And, and also get back to like, the mental side of things after being gone for that long. What uh, was the injury? Um, elbow. Oh. Like you had Tommy John. Um, and I think a shoulder thing, too. So good to have him back. And scary for anybody else in the National League. Um, another return, same thing. Rich get richer. The best team in ball, Tampa Bay, gets another ace pitcher back, Tyler Glasnow. Also, maybe the most beautiful man in baseball. Up there with Kevin Kiermeyer, dare I say. Hey, those 101, too. That, that helps. I think there's a fellow named Spencer Strider that has some. Is <laughs> <laughs> that there? It's a man's or man. Matt right Carpenter. There. Classic stash. And a personal friend of the show. Through okay. a couple of degrees of separation. A little bit. Um, yeah, Glasnow is a, maybe the best strikeout pitcher in baseball when he's healthy and when he's on. Um, again, just what the Rays needed there. Uh, Pete Alonso. Polar Pete on pace for 60 bombs this year. He's at 20 right now, leading the league by, I think, three or four, ahead of Adolis Garcia and Jorge Soler. The last guy to hit 60 in the NL? Shane. Um, 2001. Redemption arc. San Francisco Giant. You actually got a tribute question about this guy, Barry. right? Barry Bonds. Boom, there you go. What was the giveaway? Um... Home runs, probably. No, it was, no, it was the trivia question. Getting a trivia him. question right. He had no idea it was a giant. <laughs> no idea when no, he played. No, I knew he was a giant, but I thought he played a lot longer. Like, way, way older. I thought he was like 80s. Uh, he, yeah, he played the 90s and 2000s. But yeah, oh. 01 was the last time a, a National League player hit 60. Uh, whether Pete does it or not, we'll see, but he's on a good pace for it. And the aforementioned Spencer Strider, the fastest ever to 100 strikeouts in a season in only 60 innings. Ever. And my personal Cy Young pick. I was going to say, it wasn't one of your picks. And currently the odds-on favorite. And we'll revisit that in Astra Cash coming up later. hey Doubling down. A uh, couple of series recaps. Big series over the weekends. Um, your Jays look good, by the way. Still hot. Loving um, it. Bo Bichette still leading the league in hits by like 10. And leading the, leading the league in unnecessary throws for errors. That continues to be the case. By like 10. And Matt Chapman has cooled down. Definitely. Still hitting well, like 320, but no more 450 and hitting two bombs a game. At least for now. Can come back. back up. Save it for October, Matt. But you had the first meeting of the 2020 World Series rematch between the Dodgers and Rays, best team in both leagues. Um, game one, the Rays won 9-3. Game two, the Dodgers won 6-5. Kershaw against Glass now. And then game three, Rays won 11-10 in a wild game. Um, so a potential World Series matchup there, World Series preview. Um, you had the Yankees and Padres 
another big time matchup interleague play uh Padres won five to one Tatis and Soto both went yard and uh, I think we got a thing going here because when you called out Chris Bassett he started pitching incredibly well when I mentioned Juan Soto kind of sucking he's now back to classic Juan Soto pretty much leading the league in OPS right now and getting hotter hey we have some credibility uh we're building it especially after your uh Heat Nuggets call. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, game two, the Yanks won three to two in ten innings. A Isaiah Kanafalafa walk off, and then game three, pitchers duel. You Darvish, Garrett Cole, both got rocked. Uh, Yanks won ten to seven. In a sneaky, unexpected playoff matchup, probably the Rangers and O's had a three-game set. Uh, game one, Rangers up twelve to two. They are actually they passed up the Rays for best run differential. Um, even without DeGrom, pitching staff is great. Eovaldi, I think, is going to win pitcher of the month, and they cannot, they can't not hit bombs every game. Yeah. They're scoring at an unreal pace. Um, John Gray went seven on one run. Uh, Corey Seager hit a grand salami, which I almost put on the terms. Do you know what that is, Shane? Grand slam? Exactly. Good That's job. pretty close, yeah. Uh, my boy Adley Rutschman, mentioned earlier, three for three, a walk and a homer. Uh, in that big loss, though. Um, game two, Rangers won 5-3. to three, Another great start from Andrew Heaney. And then game three, O's win 3-2, to two, thanks to a go-ahead single in the eighth by the one and only Austin Hayes. Fake news. Guy still has never gotten a hit on me in MLB The Show. Ah, allegedly. I could give up 35 runs, but he's 0-4. But he's hitting time. 320, sixth in the league right now. And then my red legs. Only four games back from the division lead. Who would have thought? Scary thoughts. Uh, speaks to mostly how bad the division sucks. Can but they still lose 100 games? No. No chance. Okay. Well, no. I will say no chance. Is it possible? It is possible. I'm going to go ahead and throw some money on that. I think they'll be all right. Because for the first time since 2013, they swept the Cubbies at Wrigley. Uh, they put up 27 runs in three games on 45 hits. Game one, nine to nothing. Thanks to a great start from Hunter Green. Six innings, all shut out, and 11 strikeouts. Game two, eight to five. My boy Johnny India, two bombs, five ribbies. Game three, also eight to five. And Matt McClain had a four hit game. He was nine for 15 in the series. Four runs, two ribbies, a walk, and a steal on a seven game hit streak. And making a case for rookie of the year. He's making a strong case. I love this dude already. Is there a better term for Grand Slam? Like, a salami? No. I would imagine there's something out there like four chickens in a coop or something. That probably is an old thing. Yeah. Like, they got to have an old-timey saying for that, right? There's an old-timey saying for everything. Back in 1892, you know, old Hoss Radburn coined the term chickens in a coop. <laughs> he was a butter and egg man, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> so, surprisingly good things here in Cincy. Um, keeps me watching, at least. Hopefully call up LED the Cruise here soon, who's still raking down in AAA. Shane casually looking at tennis for Grand Slam terminology. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what that is? Shane, just Google. Do you know, like, we grew up in the same age and you don't know how to use the internet? Names for Grand Slams? Why don't you say old-timey sayings for Grand Slams? Like that, we just That's in baseball at some point. Well, I didn't know that Grand Slam was a term in fucking tennis. Yes, yeah. and you win all four majors in the yeah. same year. It's a whole thing. Come on, dude. Do you it's know anything show. about sports at all? Not God. tennis. Grand Slam Baseball. There we go. Uh, pretty much just Grand Salami. There's no way. There's got to be more, right? We can start one. 
I don't hate the uh, four chickens, four chickens, and, chickens a and a coop. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about some UFC up. talk while Shane uh, looks Click, at something? What here. is baseball terms for Grand Slam? Click that. See what it says. That's just the literal definition. Uh, where did you find your old timey references? You just you just grew up with them. You just know them. Uh, okay. You hear them. I didn't I didn't go to a, a website for that. They got to be somewhere. I think it's pretty much just salami. It can't be. That's all I've ever heard. See what Reddit <laughs> has to offer. <laughs> of course, it's sponsored. <laughs> the Chevy Silverado <laughs> Touch Them All, <laughs> trademarked, of course. The Toyota Four Runner. That's a. I mean, that does make sense. Actually, that's they, a, that's if a great they had opportunity. To sponsor one. <sighs> if the Grand Slam didn't exist, what would the meal at Denny's be called? How about a quad dinger? Moons over Miami. It's pretty solid, actually. The Crypto.com to the moonshot. Papa Slam. Of course. Four run home run. <laughs> Hitty McLongdong. <laughs> More of a nickname for a player than a, a play. Slammy McSlam face. How about a quarter smasher? I like that one. That's what they call a... Uh, a quarter pounder in France, actually. I believe it. Uh, UFC, not a whole lot to talk about here. Ultimate Got, uh, Fighter. But the main Season thing here premiere. is... Tonight, right? Or tomorrow? Uh, Shane could probably pull that up. Chandler and Connor. Oh, you're going to want to put the Ultimate Fighter Season Premiere 2023, just to make sure you know how to use the internet. Uh, both juiced out of their minds, by the way. Yeah. I mean, we all knew that. Just look at Connor's head. Tonight. It is tonight, yeah. That's on what ESPN Plus? I believe so. Definitely got to check that out. It should be very ESPN and ESPN Plus. Hey, yeah. Starts at ten, boys. So I well, will be late. checking that out tomorrow. Got to be some good drama. I know what when they this? when they first met, Connor was like all nice to Chandler, just to kind of pull the rug out. And he's like, "Oh, you thought you had a friend? <laughs> I'm not your friend, bro. <laughs> Fucking Connor McGregor." Classic Connor. And then supposedly going to fight here in a few months. Uh, they do. They all do. Uh, allegedly. They all do. I know uh, USADA is not testing Connor because, of course, he'd be pop. Oh. And, and Chandler, too. I said make it legal. Why not? Juice him up and a fight. Uh, in the Ultimate Fighter, I agree. Why not? Juice up the refs. There's no coaches. contender or championship belt on the line. Exactly. Let him go at it. No rules, either. Put it in the, in the street. Uh, money's on Connor. Keep it safe. In, in those rules. Keep it safe. Um, but yeah, fight night card this week, nothing huge. Kai Kara France and um, a prospect, um, Amir Albazi, who I don't know much about. Only his fourth UFC fight. He's 3-0, though. Um, ranked number seven right now in the division. So maybe worth checking out. And then you got Jim Miller, who I think has the most wins all time in UFC, against uh, Jared Gordon, who just beat or should have beat Patty Pimblett. Lost to Patty Pimblett. I believe That's was the pretty much it. Terminology you're looking for. Uh, speaking of prospects, we have um, another Mamanagonov coming up. I think he's fighting at 294. Yeah, so he's actually not related to any of those guys. Well, I know, but they have all of the, have he is, the he same name. He's Dagestani. Yeah. And they all wrestle. Like I'm sure he wrestles at Habib's gym. Um, he's also a striker and a, I found out, a documented piece of shit. Oh. He got uh, he was in a grappling match, and he got pissed and just kicked the guy, 
And then he got in a fight at a mall because a dude was kissing his own girlfriend. And I guess the guy didn't like seeing that. So he kind of um, fought the guy. And then That's not an uncommon thing because I think they're Muslims, right? Yes. I think so. Very much And that's so. very, you're very keep your personal life at home kind of thing. Whether it's right or wrong, you know, you can't beat the guy up for it. So he fought the guy and then waited outside after the fact. Fight him again. With his crew and then beat the guy up, sucker punched him. So that's... uh. Well, he's not like only sucker he's punching <laughs> random dudes on the street, but he's also on a 14 KO street. Yeah, maybe he's talented, so we'll see when he makes his debut, uh, whenever that may be. Dude. I don't think there's a date on that yet, is there? Uh, yeah, he's, they got the fight lined up already. I think uh, with Brunson? Yeah. Kind of a big name for your, for your first UFC fight. Yeah, I think it's at... Uh, 291, probably. 291. What are you doing? Never mind. It's sometime in the next few months. We'll leave it at that. Just look up Derek Brunson's next fight. I should be the producer. <laughs> That's a lot to work on. Yes, Derek Brunson's <laughs> next fight. Yeah, it should still pull up. up. Uh, uh, Derek Lewis. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. Looks like it is not currently listed. Either way, probably September, October. Yeah, I think if it was like 294 or something like that. I can't remember when I saw it. Do you want to do final cigar notes? Absolutely. Because um, real quick for hockey, the Stars did come back and force game six just to get blown out. Six to nothing. So uh, your finals there, Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Again, an eight seed from Florida making the finals. Uh, I got Vegas in six. I'll go on record with that. Why, <coughs> why not? Fair enough. Final notes here from your cigars. Oh, we can take a quick break and get our grades in and stuff. I like that. Cool off a little bit. A little toasty in here. Yeah. I'm sure you can see it. Uh, I can feel it. <laughs> These poor chairs. Uh, yeah, take a quick break. SNS 39 to wrap up shop. Back after this. All righty, everybody. Welcome back from break. Uh, we have our cigar grades and final tasting notes and then some cigar news in the cigar world here. For the first time in a while. Yeah. Been overdue on that, but some significant things here to mention. Uh, as far as my cigar goes, again, this is the J.C. Newman Diamond Crown. Um, kind of kept that grassy hay cedar throughout. There was some slight vanilla, like creaminess, not too much of the flavor. And then that was in the second third. And then in the third, the final third, there was like a touch of espresso. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Uh, my flavor grade will reflect that. Um, burn nine. P- almost a perfect burn. Little uneven. Probably my fault. And just, you know, doing a show. Uh, flavor eight. Again, good. Just not my favorite. Draw ten. Absolutely perfect draw. Appearance, nine, beautifully made cigar, no cracks or seams, uh, just not quite as slick as I like to see them. Personal, eight and a half, overall, 44 and a half. Still a great cigar, uh, especially if you're into those notes, and you could probably get more out than I can, but I would have liked a little more complexity. Which you can find that in a lot of other J.C. Newman sticks. I think you've got a Caesar here in the humidor. And your personal favorite so far. PDM Shade. The Shade, 50 out of 50. Very excited. Uh, my Periodico Triple X from Cigaro. Not quite as good as my Maduro Periodico because that's my like ideal cigar. Um, but still a incredible stick, great smoke, 
Appearance wise, gotta be a ten. I mean, so beautifully made. The 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 fine work on this is just I don't know how he does it. I guess you gotta cut the tobacco down in strips like that, but looks great and and there's no like there's no fraying, nothing fell apart. To have that kind of complex design and have it burn perfectly, that's a work of art. So a ten on that. Uh, nine for the burn. Again, one light, no touch-ups. Um, a little bit slower than I prefer, which is not really a bad thing. Um, but even throughout, no problems there. Draw, a nine as well. Um, not quite as much smoke production as I love. And slightly tight, but uh, really, really no complaints. Uh, nine for the flavor also. Kept that chocolate peanut butter throughout. A little bit of coffee. And a little... Uh, a little flirtiness of the Maduro Periodico kind of coming through. Oh, yeah? Just a little hint. Kind of keep you coming back for that. Nice. I've got one in the humidor still that I almost went to tonight, but I have, I have one on the show. Or the triple no, the uh, Periodico. The Maduro. Um, and the personal was a 10. Only way it could have been better is if I was up at Cigaro in the lounge on the new deck smoking one of these. So overall, 47 out of 50 for the triple X. Pretty solid, Shane. So, um, my La Roma de Cuba. I, I was talking earlier about how, you know, there was those earthy kind of grainy wood taste, and then it progressed into a little bit of like a black pepper spice. I was right when I said I thought it was going to keep like going deeper and deeper into that spice. I definitely got some of that Tabasco, like probably in the second and third thirds. I really liked it, man. A lot of heat. And, you know, I typically, I'm not huge on a lot of heat, but this was like a flavorful heat, so I really liked it. I am very impressed how far you've come in just, what, like 10, 15 shows yeah, with your palate? Take, yeah, Killing it. I'm trying, man. Definitely quicker than I was, for sure. Well, I mean, I do smoke outside of here, too, and I'm, I've been doing that a lot more recently because, um, I mean, you guys know I vape, and I'm trying to get away from that a little bit. So, you know, I've been doing, like, the, uh, the Zen pouches and then cigars whenever I can. I think that's really helped me out because it's never the same thing I'll smoke on. I'll try and grab something different when I can. And then listening to just like everyone's recommendation stuff definitely helps out too. Yeah, having those tasting notes to refer back to. Mm-hmm. And now that you keep, um, you kind of keep expanding out. Yeah. You know, yeah, trying man. new things and developing that, you know, whole overall palette. Well, man, um, the cigars that we're about to talk about. I'm excited for those. It's a good segue. It producer. is. It is. The John Daly special. Man. If you can pull that up. I can. Um, uh, I think it's pretty much a brand new company. I think they started like last year. But partnered up with John Daly, one of our favorite athletes of all time. You have it pulled up already. Well, I, I was going to go to their actual website because it gives you a little bit more detail. A uh, half wheel is pretty solid here. So you've got the Wild One Short Game, which is a four and a quarter by 50 ring gauge. Um, looks like it's totally, let's see, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over a Dominican binder and Dominican and Pennsylvania filler. Goes for about 12 bucks a stick. I think they're pretty limited, kind of a small batch, small company thing. Um, but the main draw for me is the long, the Lion Long Game. Six and a quarter by 52, um, same Habano 2000 wrapper. And Ecuadorian binder and Ecuadorian Dominican fillers. If I can find one, I'd be ecstatic. I'm gonna be honest, yeah. boys. I kind of want to get a box. 
because the first 300 come with that signature from daily i i mean that'd just be such a good uh, those to are going to go out to retailers though yeah most likely you can buy one right now on their website then there's probably already 300 gone it's still available for purchase yeah so it's from a company called san giuseppe founded in 2021 uh, i think they're based out of florida and another kind of sports tie-in uh former shortstop jose reyes is actually a founding member or at least a partnership with the company so a uh, perfect like venn diagram of us sports and stokies you got john daly you got jose reyes and hopefully some great sticks uh, I'll shoot. Yeah. I'll shoot Greg a message and see if he knows about these or is going to get some. Or if not, if I mean, we possible, could, we can order. A, we could pitch in and all three go in on a box too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the first like change the first three hundred in numbered boxes and and signed. So on the um, on the San Giuseppe website, you are still able to order those um, those limited edition signature boxes. Is there a go for price point on so, those? So two twenty five for the the Lion Long game. And two fifty for the short game, but I don't believe it looks like the short game signatures are already sold out. The long game that you're still able to buy. Well, it's we probably a box of twelve. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as we wrap up here, I'll look into that. So you we, we, we can't not have those, right? No, no. no. If we, there's an opportunity to have a signed box by John Daly, we need it. Looks like. And every time I hear John Daly, I think about that story from Theo Vaughn. Yeah. When he was in John Gruden's secret office, just <laughs> yeah. with a green in there and, uh, and a bottle of whiskey, and that's about it. Yeah, just sleeping, hanging out in Hooters headquarters. Of yeah, all what places. a wild guy! And they do have pictures on the website of the actual sticks. They look really nice quality. You said the Lion Long Game has the signature. Oh, it's still perfect! Left. It's even the bigger sticks. Yeah. That's just what we need right there. Yeah, probably a box yeah. of twelve or ten. Yeah, we need to get on that. So 10 uh, cigars per box, and then six and a quarter by 52 ring gauge, and it says a longer cigar that will last you from when you tee off till you make it to your round to the back nine. Wow. That's a sales pitch right there. It that absolutely is. is. Yeah, we need to get on that we right do. away. And we got to smoke one playing 18, right? Yeah. Smoke that'd be the goal, right? I mean, no better way to enjoy one of those. Not at all. So with, yeah, uh, if, with 15 Diet Cokes like we, John Daly If we do. get them in before our golf scramble... That should be doable. Yeah, our work scramble. Um, I'm not a huge online guy, but I did just buy from Corona Cigars like last, I think Friday. They came today. I got uh, 10 sticks and they threw in a free Black Diamond. Oh, nice. Um, I bought two, so they maybe just either miscounted or threw in a freebie. I got three of those. I got two Davidoff Winston Churchills. I got the Davidoff Millennium Lancero. I got two Foundation Menelix. I wanted to go to Senators with the cool Egyptian box. Yeah. But they don't sell those in singles. Oh, Got to buy a box. Mm. And I I still might. You almost pulled the trigger? It's about 380 for a box of 12. They're pricey, but I think, God, from what I understand, so cool. I think they're only, they won't be released again. Oh. So uh, I might end up uh, going after those because that was phenomenal. And I love Foundation, of course. Uh, but another news, another new stick. E.P. Carrillo announced the Pledge of Allegiance. Of course, there's a combo between the Pledge and the Allegiance, which fits, I mean, naturally. And two very great sticks on their own. Also got two EP Carrillo Encores in that order as well, which I can't find anywhere, but it's, I think I smoked it on the show and gave it a 50. One of my personal favorites. Um, but this is very uh, very patriotic. It comes out on July 4th. Um, they're only doing 1,776 boxes, which of course makes sense. 
Um, it's a mix of the blend of the Pledge and Allegiance. And um, looks like it's 6x54. Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, Ecuadorian Grown Connecticut Seed Binder, and fillers from the Dominican, Nicaragua, and the U.S. It's the first time the company is using two American-grown tobaccos in their blend. I'm um, going for about 20 bucks a stick, so I assume a box is probably around 200 220 for a box of 10 uh, And same thing there, I'll, I'll check out with Greg. He's probably going to be getting at least a box, and I would think. I'd hope so. And again, what better way to spend a July 4th than smoking one of these right here? Exactly. So the John Daly cigar coming, uh, the American 1776 4th of July. Pledge EP, of Allegiance. For Pledge of Allegiance coming, and then... Maybe the uh, box, the Egyptian box coming. God, it's so tempting. I only had the one and it was phenomenal. But even just for the box. Just the box. I know, I know Mike told me the wharf still has five or six. Boxes? Sticks and a box. And they probably let me buy the box too. Yeah. So I'll go out there maybe over the weekend. Check that. And grab then... those and hopefully get the box too. That's definitely a showpiece here for the studio. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about time for a stick pick? Uh, couldn't agree more. And you have adjusted our options here. Yeah, so I pulled out a lot of our good ones. They're still in great shape and, you know, big-time sticks. I pulled out all the Fuentes, the E.P. Carrillos, uh, A.J. Fernandez. And that my, is because AJ, I mean, uh, we want to do band art with those. Yeah, got Not enough finally. We don't want you guys to smoke those. We want you to smoke those, but those we want those featured in a band art. And a lot of those we had repeats of, so they're still in the bucket here. There's still at least 100, 150 wrappers here in the bucket, so exactly. a lot of good options still. Let's give her a shake, and let's give Shane a pull. I think Shane pulled last week, actually. I think I did. Let's give Cam a pull. Actually, no. Let's give you a pull. Well, if you insist. All right. He didn't shake at all. Austin's mixing it up himself. And he pulls the... The one and only... Inch by E.P. Carrillo, Hey-o. the Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan. I always have trouble saying that. Yeah. Kind of a mouthful. Yeah, 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 it is. It's not that difficult, but I, I can't, I can't get it. Just an interesting combination of. Either way, great stick. I think they're fairly limited. I know I got mine at the E.P. Carrillo event at B and G's. Yeah, I think you had one as well. Uh, but can never go wrong with anything by E.P. Carrillo. So strong choice there. Those go for about, I think, 12, 13 bucks a stick, give or take. Probably. Very good stick, though, From if I remember your review correctly. Um, how about our Astra Catch, which I mentioned earlier? If you go on FanDuel and probably any other app right now, you can parlay up Spencer Strider, Cy Young, and Acuna for MVP. I put 20 in for a $100 winning. They're both the heavy favorite right now, and that should continue throughout the season, barring an injury or something. That's only going to get better. Fingers crossed. But my uh, $107,000 ticket, not looking as good, thanks nah. to Mr. Trey Turner. Yeah, Close, but no cigar. Is the Miami Heat, or the Boston Celtics, the Celtics, sorry. The Miami Heat were a couple weeks ago. But the Boston Celtics, for being so close to making history, but now in the NBA, teams in the playoffs are 150 and 151-0. and 0 and going up three to zero only the fifth time a game seven was forced after being down three yes and, and still I no think, winners i think like the first or second time that game seven goes back to 
the opposing team's home court. Just to choke it away. And that segues perfectly into our bums of the week. Combo deal on the first one. Mr. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. A combined 13 for 36 in Game 7. Yikes. And yes, maybe Tatum hurt his ankle. Uh, Not sure how bad it actually was. But regardless, there's no excuse for, for being that bad at home in an elimination game after winning the previous three. Yeah, definitely a tough, tough uh, pill to swallow. Pretty bummy. Next up, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Started off so great. We're 20-8, and eight, winning the division. They have gone uh, 6-19 and 19 over their past 25. And fallen back, I think, just uh, maybe one game ahead of the Reds right now. Yikes. Which is really not where you want to be. And the fact that, that kind of says a lot, though. You said they're what over their last? 6-19. and 6-19, and 19, and they're still a game ahead of the Reds. Yeah, well, <laughs> what are you, you going to do? <laughs> Bums all around. Uh, our third bum, Mr. Scotty Pippen, for just dragging out this Michael Jordan drama. Is he selling another book? And he's going out and saying Jordan was a horrible player before he got there. He wasn't a terrible player. He's a terrible teammate. Everyone knows that. He never hid that. And was he an unsuccessful player? Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's still one of the greatest of all time. And, Scotty, you're not. Scotty underrated on the court. Very good player. But he, he I don't know why he feels so disrespected. I don't know. Like, dude, you were the, arguably at the time, you were a top three player in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't Mike, but you still won a bunch of chips with him. Maybe it's because. <laughs> why are you so PO'd? Maybe it's because his shoes flopped and Jordan's are still popular. Or it could be that his ex wife is with Michael Jordan's son right now. Uh, who knows? Yeah, allegedly. Who knows? who knows? Or that maybe that was Blair Cutcliffe, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and bum number four. Uh, last up, the Dallas Stars uh, came back and forced at game six. They were down 3 0. Forced a game six and lost six to nothing. Yikes. In an elimination game. Pretty bummy. That is pretty bummy. Uh, let's wrap up shop here, Cam. What do you got for us? Um, look out for the Troy Bowling interview. Again, that is scheduled for June 16th. So it should come out that following Monday. Um, Tip-top event the day after. And possibly be, interviews with the reps from Crown Heads and Agonorsa. Possibly, yes. Which would be very cool. And then just reach out to us for those fan questions on social medias. Uh, comment them on Facebook. Comment them on Instagram. Comment them on TikTok, Twitter, wherever you get your Sports and Stogies media. Uh, reach out to us through our email at, at sportsandstogies at gmail.com. And then at Sports and Stogies is all of our handles on every platform. Um, leave reviews on the show. Uh, that helps a lot. Tell us what we're doing wrong, what you would like to hear, uh, what we need to work on. Obviously, our biggest gripe from the only thing that hasn't been fixed from our New Year's resolutions is Cigar Talk. Yeah, I could definitely throw in more of that. As far as the industry, what we yeah. smoke throughout the week, which I think you'll be smoking more now that you're going to be moving out here. Yes, and I will have my own area to smoke in. Hell yeah. So, yep. Um, we'll see. Quick promo. Tip top as always. 17th event. Go get your tickets. 
OCM events on July, I forget the exact date. I want to say July 15th up in Medina. I think it's the September September 16th at Stogie's and at Cigarro, our first ever dual event day. I'll be at Casa Aficionado on Saturday for a Banff Cigars event, um, live music and some bourbon auctions as well. Nice. Not sure what's going to be up there, but I might come back with a nice uh, rare bottle. We'll see. Uh, B&G's as always... Cigarro, Tip Top, um, but, 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 Humidor in Newark. Stogies. Great place. Stogies, of course. Always mention those guys. And I think that is about it. Well, as you far know what as we our said. promos. So, as usual, SNS. To, to the, the moon! moon.